Hey, and welcome back to Dark Opinions, Dark Reporter. Thank you all for listening in. And if you're new, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope you enjoy your listen. All right, so today's Friday. And this is my topic Friday, five topics I will touch on. Trying to keep it 30 minutes or under. And I have some five good juicy ones. I might start calling this the Fab Five on Friday. Fab Five Friday or something like that. Um, So, let's see. The first topic I'm going to touch on is a heated one. A very heated one, especially in the black lesbian community. And that is... And I think I might have discussed... um, Mentioned her last Friday... Um, which was the first time I started the topic Friday. So today's just the second week. Um, but I'm not sure. But her name is Brittany Griner. Now, this is a very young um, married um, basketball player, WNBA, uh, Women's National Basketball Association player. And as most people, a lot of people know, I'm not going to say most people, most people don't know or else there will be, a lot of changes happen, but some people know that there is a stark difference in between the NBA, where the men play, and the w- WNBA, where the women play, and they're both professional sports, both professional basketball, and that is salary, where the NBA, the men get millions and millions of dollars in contracts, the women get like maybe they might clear maybe 60,000 maybe 100,000 but they're not going they're not going to get anywhere near what men get and so they often the WNBA players often play overseas because they're played they are paid their salary is uh commensable to what men get in this country meaning they can make upwards in the millions in other countries to play. They get respect there. Because America has issues. America has a lot of problems with race and uh, gender. Um, The whole thing about us even having to have a whole movement just to be recognized for women's suffrage, just for us to be recognized as equal. And we're still not. Make no mistakes about that. So she was on her way over, back over to Russia where she works at. She plays basketball there. She makes millions, right? So this time she was caught. And you guys might, if you listened last week, this will ring a bell with you. She was caught with, uh, according to the Russian authorities, she was caught with hashish oil, which is the same thing as CBD. Now, a lot of people are like, well, what's the big deal? What's going on? CBD is legal. People need to stop thinking that every place is just like America. Okay? that People who think like that have very small minds. Very small minds. Russia has the right to have its own laws. Just like we have our right to have our own laws. And if you're going to work... If you're going to visit another country, you would best um, uh, uh, research uh, what 
is legal and what is not over there. You cannot say, oh, well, I could take this through TSA here at LaGuardia Airport. And so I'll be fine. And no, just because you might be able to get it through here does not mean you're going to be able to get it through whatever country you're going to. That's common sense. Okay. But she's young. Okay. So I give her that credit. She's young. You know, you say young and dumb. She did something very, very dumb. So now she's being detained in Russia and she's facing a 10 year prison sentence. So now you've got the black community especially the black lesbian community, all talking about bring Britney home. Um, the, they are doing all these conspiracies around it that the Russians have planted something on her to they planted whatever it was or they're lying and yada, yada, yada. And none of this has even, none of this is fact. None of it. No mention of it, no nothing. The Russian authorities are still doing their investigation. And because they have an American citizen over there and they're doing an investigation, know that, and it was on our news channel, know that the American pub, that the American government is um, um, obligated to respond, okay? If she did something wrong, if... So they said that she had that hashish oil. And hashish oil is illegal here. It's illegal in America. If you try to come through our customs with hashish oil and they know it's hashish oil, they are supposed to detain you. In the same exact way that Russia is detaining Britney. So there's no unfairness here. There's no conspiracy here. Okay? So... um if she does have to serve 10 years, then she just has to serve 10 years. That's just it. And a lot of people are belly aching and are like, they're just, they're playing the race card. They're playing the race card. They're playing the women's suffrage card. And they have all these cards they're going to throw out. But they have weak excuses. They can't hold their own. When I'm in a, in, in a discussion with somebody and I bring facts to the table, I bring up proof that backs up what I'm saying. All they have is baseless opinion. Someone uh, gave me an article about um, uh, um, the Russian treatment of gay people and it was dated back at, but when I looked, I was like, what? I'm like, America has its own real problems you know, with gay and, and with anti-gay and anti-gay sentiments. And um, so there's, I mean, Russia's no different from America. So you can't even make that argument for one. And then for two, um, uh, 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 the article was was useless because, it, I mean, if I didn't know was the person was Russian, I would have thought it was, they were American here in America. And um, the um, article, when I looked at the date, I looked for the date of the article, it was dated back in 2014. This is happening in 2022. Bring me something relevant. We have made, even here in America, we have made important strides in the LGBTQ community. And so in the last 10 years, so give me an article dated 10 years ago. It's not, what are you doing? So that's, uh, their point is weak. Their base is weak. 
You know, you just cannot. They, every time something happens to a black person, they just want to run out and start screaming Black Lives Matter. No, it does not matter here because if, if she thought, if Brittany thought Black Lives Matter, then she would have made her life matter and did the right thing. Abide by their rules. Okay, so on to the next topic. I'm going to talk about... Um, Biden makes me think. I'm telling you, he hurts my brain sometimes. He really makes me think. And I'm like, what will I do? Everybody has an opinion here about their decisions being made in the presidency. And I'm going to have to tell you, I'm not, I, I'm not on board with, it, with this here, letting the Ukrainians come over here to America. Do you know how many countries they have to pass through to get here? Every last one of them countries can help out. Italy, France, uh, uh, all them damn countries. You got countries in, um, uh, I won't say Africa because Syria is a little on the side there. Um... But still, European nations over there can take in Ukrainians. Asian nations can take in, can take in Ukrainians. A lot of nations can take in Ukrainians before they get to America. We are not the saving grace, the foster country of everybody who has had a hard damn time. Yeah, we used to be with, you know, we got the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, and all that stuff. But we're not doing that anymore. And even back then, there were um, serious concerns about immigration. And at one point in time, I forget who was president, but it was shut down. Because too many people were coming over here stressing out our economy. And that's exactly what's going to happen when them damn when them Ukrainians come over here. And I do feel for their situation. I do. I do feel for their situation. But I feel for ours too. Where are we going to put these people? We got Americans on the street. We got Americans fighting to keep their home. We just had a a whole thing where uh, the government was issuing money out to people, uh, out to uh, rental agencies just to help people stay in their homes and not be homeless. And now you want to put these Ukrainians over Americans who have been homeless uh, for, for, for years? It doesn't have to be years. Homeless Americans, you're going to put them Ukrainians above homeless you, uh, Americans? What about middle-class Americans? What about the Americans that are one paycheck away from being homeless? Oh, you're going to set them Ukrainians up. I already know. They're going to give them money. They're going to get a room and board. They're going to have people donating all this food. They're going to be like, oh, they're hungry. Oh, but in the meantime, American families are hungry. American families are living paycheck to paycheck. And Biden just said that. He's, he, he, he just contradicted himself. He don't know what the hell he's doing. He just made a whole, a whole speech on how Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. How they, you know what, if I was president... In these low-income 
neighborhoods where you have a lot of drugs and gang violence and stuff like that. You have, you, for ages, we've been having these agencies that come by. And a lot of times they're black because it's normally black people, black or some impoverished immigrant community. Mainly black, those, when, what really comes to mind when you think about it. And they come and they take the kids out to, for free, out to baseball games and, you know, do special things with them. Take them out to the, you know, uh, just really special things. Excuse me. Just really special things. Things that middle class children don't get to do. Most, a lot of these middle classes, the working poor, not the low income. So what I would do is I would take the food stamps away from the low income. I would take the services they get from the low, I take the services they get as other services they get, like all these charity services that come in and relieve their their burden and take their kids out for fun days and stuff like that. I would take that away from them and put it in the middle class communities. These are the people that are too rich to be low income, but too poor to put food on the table. They're too rich to qualify for food stamps, but too poor to put food on the table, and yet they're busting their asses. And a lot of these working class or middle class are people who have degrees, people who are skilled, people skilled labor, people who um, uh, go out there and they make money legally. And they contribute to their community. They contribute to the society. They're not nuisances. They do their best to do what's right. They do their best to be upstanding communities. Because having all these services and those low income is sustaining their ability to not meet the socially acceptable measure of what a community should be. A community should not be, there should be absolutely no impoverished communities in America. There are because we make them with the services we give and we keep them there with the services we give. And that's a key word, give. They don't have to do anything to get it. We just give it. And I think that this country will show more love to the low income by encouraging them to earn it. Because you're not going to respect something that is easily earned. When you have to work for it, just like that old adage, you can give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. But you can teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. So these low-income communities want to maintain, want to sustain their 
there's the these services that they get they need to clean themselves up and become uh skilled in something go to school most of them pretty much all of them will qualify for federal government assistance and like a Pell Grant they can go to school with that get an associate degree and by Biden saying that he wants everything made in America, that will open up new jobs and they will be able to compete. But also, the government needs to put businesses in black communities. Those impoverished communities put businesses there and stop slapping the hands of people who violate. Put them in jail for a long time. Stop slapping their hands. So when you put businesses and some people might be thinking it's not going to work because they're not going to appreciate it. They're just going to tear it down, bust the window, steal from it, rob it. Well, people who are doing that, they need to go to jail. Because if you did that in a middle class community, you would go to jail. They need to take these homes in these 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 um eyesore homes and encourage the owners to build them up. And then they need the ones that are abandoned, abandoned buildings, tear them all down and put up businesses there. Businesses that hire skilled labor. And you can send these, send the people to school and upon graduation, they could do an internship or an externship at one of the businesses to, for possible employment. That's how you build up. Clean up the streets. Take the crack houses down and either put them people in a facility. Because we can pay all this money in throwing, out, throwing money away to these people. We can build up rehab centers where they are legally forced to stay. They are legally forced to stay. They can get the counseling they need. If their addiction is a result of a mental illness, they can get the help with that that they need so that they can become stable. And when they become stable, they can go to school and they can have a quality of life. They, their impoverished Communities are impoverished because their quality of life has been taken away from them by all these services that are given to them. They're afraid to let go because if they let go, they're already at rock bottom. They feel they're going to fall even deeper. And our country has been doing this to these people for a long time. And it's time for us to bail out our middle class families all over. And also, I would lower the threshold for middle class. Middle class, up to $400,000 a year. How is that middle class? You're not living paycheck to paycheck. I would change that to about maybe ninety to to 100000 a year. Um, and then make those making more than, what, $200,000 a year, to pay extra, start paying extra taxes, and that would rise on a scale 
up to those make the millionaires and stuff making uh paying more. Okay, so next topic is oh yes, why the Republicans are wrong about the about Putin's war. Now y'all know I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. I don't play into that. I'm a Green Party member. If you know, law, you probably don't even know what that is. Um, but uh, they're saying they're criticizing Biden for not going in at the beginning when Russia first, when Putin first uh, uh, invaded uh, Ukraine with all of our fighter jets and just strike, you know, with a strike, a force with the, with a strong force to deter him, to push him back. Mm. Remember back in 2000, what was it, 2002, was it? We did that when we were called ourselves looking for weapons of mass destruction. We were under a Republican president. And the Republicans now talking about um, uh, crime, uh, uh, crimes against humanity, whatever, because innocent civilians being killed. Well, we, in the crossfire, we have killed innocent civilians, not just in the global war on terrorism or GWAT, but in, in every war that we have came in and initiated, which is a lot. So if we had did that, and we are going around always saying, you know, trying to get, tell people like we're Jesus Christ, you can't have weapons of mass destruction, you got to get rid of your nuclear weapons. And we know that Russia has always had a nuclear stronghold. We had done that. And supposedly we don't have nuclear weapons, supposedly. He could retaliate with nuclear weapons. It don't matter what type of fighter plane or whatever you have. If you have nuclear weapons, you're going to pretty much run the stage. You don't want to open up that can of worms. So I am happy with what Biden, how Biden is handling this, except for the Ukraines coming over here. And the other countries that are like, Italy and Russia, Italy and France and Scotland and Sweden, all of them. Um, and there are some that are taking them in, are taking in a lot of Ukrainians. But there are other countries near there that can do that too. And um, I'm pretty sure that the ones who are like, no, we can't take any right now are thinking we have our own citizens that can that we are trying struggling to support. We need to put them first. They're thinking like we should be thinking. So uh, my next topic is um I'm going to talk about Oh, this happened. I am from a small town in Kansas. Leavenworth, Kansas, and this is about what is and is not, or should or should not be allowed in, because this is going to go over, a little bit over 30 minutes, what should and should not be allowed in the public school system. Well, 
despite that in Florida they're trying to pass a law that teachers cannot mention the word gay and that if a child says anything about gay being um, their um, um, uh, identification, sexual identification, they're supposed to contact the parents right away. That's so stupid, ignorant. You know, that, but that, that's like the brutality of the church. The church is the most, the Christian church is the, the most brutal and inhumane institution in the world. They are inhumane and hateful in the world. They have a deep, deep, deep scar from, from we have a deep scar from them because they annihilate you if you are not exactly like them. And you got people worlds over. It's one of the world's largest religions that, that subscribe to it. You do not have to be Christian to love God. Jesus Christ, it is true, was not a Christian. Now, I, don't, I personally do not even believe that Jesus Christ was God. That, that, that's a propaganda. Saying Jesus Christ is God is propaganda by the church. Political, let me tell you this, it's political propaganda. And when I say especially in dealing with religion, in many ways, political and religious are the same thing. Religious propaganda is political. Political propaganda is, is based on the, uh, they tie people to it through religion. Just like people are doing now, tying um, uh, whether or not, like Roe versus Wade to religion, um, sexual identification to religion, all this other stuff. And what if the person's not even Christian? What if the person decides to, what if they're Buddhist? What if they are, um, they just spiritual, which is their right. We have religious freedom in this country. So you cannot put restrictions on people based off religion. When in the constitution, it says we have to be given the right the free the freedom of religion to choose religion for ourselves for us to follow and that leads me up to this article okay this is from my hometown it's uh, about the public school system and a a book that was read to a uh class of sophomores and I'm going to read it it's not long I'm going to read this um it's a, they're calling it an X-rated book. Um, it says, after teachers raunchy real read alouds to sophomores, and after one to the school board last week, the Leavenworth, that's Leavenworth, Kansas, Board of Education may now revisit whether a racy young adult book and others like it are fit for young students. We're talking about high school. Um, apologizing to students at the meeting February 14th because it's going to get X-rated. Former board member Danny Zek read the, read the board an excerpt from the book. 
the absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian. In it, the novel's protagonist talks at length and in body detail about hours of gazing at pornographic images and his obsession with sexual self-gratification. He says that if God had wanted us to masturbate, if God hadn't wanted us to masturbate, then God would would have wouldn't have given us thumbs. So I thank God for my thumbs. Zek, citing the district's goals for student achievement, said, I'm asking the board and the administration, how is that preparing every student for success in the classroom? I need a drink of water. First of all, the book should not be a part of the curriculum, said said State Representative Pat Proctor, Republican of Leavenworth. There's nothing that you can do to convince me that that in any way is good for our kids. Normalizing stuff like that by having an authority figure stand in front of the class and read it is just the absolute wrong thing for our kids. But ultimately, I would like to see the school board review all of the curriculum because I'm sure this is just the tip of the iceberg. Proctor posted on Facebook in support of Zach and urged residents to contact Leavenworth school board members. He noted that at least one board member, Vanessa Reed, wants a hearing on the curriculum at the board's meeting in March. Mr. Zach's questions deserve answers, Proctor wrote in his post. How does this book in any way contribute to the education of our kids or help them grow up to be functioning moral members of our society? At one point at the February 14th board member at meeting, as Zek continued speaking after his time had expired, board president Judy Price left the room in protest, followed by other board members, while audience members applauded Zek. In a second session of public comments, Zek took the lectern again to politely finish his thoughts. I think you would all agree that our country is in a moral decline, he said. It is your responsibility, board members, administrators, and teachers, to help students maintain the highest morality. While we might not agree about this book, we can agree there are many other books that can accomplish the district academic goals that are not morally compromising. Reed, who confirmed her desire for a board discussion on the matter March 14th, told the Lion the explicit self-gratification passages weren't the only questionable ones in the book. She said the narrator also talks about how he can't wait to watch girls volleyball because he can't see the because he can see the underwear beneath a girl's sweaty white uniform which she said legitimizes the objectification and exploitation of girls. It's the normalization of sexual and pornographic addiction and their ties to to sex trafficking that most disturbs her about the book, Reed said, along with taking such intensely private matters into the public square. I think if we get to that point as a society where it's no longer an intimate subject matter, that we will have lost the value that comes along with privacy. And I think dignity ties in there pretty strongly as well.
When she learned about the book being read to sophomores, Reed says she decided to read it herself and research the author, combined with school officials pushing the book and others like it, while showing students a video on banned books, one poster on the school wall exhorts students to read woke. Reed is convinced there's a conscious agenda in the schools, one that parents might not agree with. I think the reason that we're here is that in our district, there are absolutely no checks and balances, she says. Frankly, Representative Proctor says, I'd like to see statewide a requirement that schools are more transparent with parents about the curriculum they're teaching their kids. Indeed, parents' rights bills are making their way through the Kansas legislature right now, he says. This long, slow decay of morality in our society is reflected in our schools, and really, it should be combated in our schools. In her district, anyway, Reed says, instructors appear to have whatever personal influence they want on students. Their agenda is basically to teach students what their political views are, and they're not quiet about it, really. Parents drop their kids off at the door, and they want to be able to trust the educational system to not infringe upon their religion or their home values. They just want them to teach how to read, how to write, and how to do math. Now, you know what? I agree with Reed so much, and uh, I'm not astounded that there are people who, who don't agree with her. But I agree with her. The subject matter of the book is too much. Why even have it in a school? This is something that parents need to be talking to their children about. And I know, I know, I know you got lazy parents out there, really bad parents out there who would rather just let their kids raise themselves than lift a finger. But that is, isn't that why we have sex education in schools? Is this supposed to be a new form of sex education? Read woke. Is this supposed to be a new form of uh, uh, a sexual awareness? I mean, the voyeurism in this book. It encourages voyeurism. How is voyeurism any part of healthy, a healthy sexual approach? Because now, like she said, sex trafficking in the privacy, you can't, girls can't even play volleyball without feeling violated that somebody is looking at them in a way that makes them feel vulnerable. It's basically creating homegrown um, uh, future rapists and, and stalkers and, and people who feel that what they do, how they perform or think about their own sexual gratification has not is everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with you. If somebody's looking at you the wrong way, it has everything to do with you. You don't like it. 
But we're talking about sophomores. Sophomores in high school. When did we start teaching? When when did this start being okay? Can these kids pass an advanced math test, an advanced reading test, an advanced science test? And see, that's something else. If I was president, I don't even know if the president has power over this. Let me see. If I was the governor, I would take away all public schools. For real, I would take away all public schools and I would just uh, have, uh, 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 like we have in Texas, we have like the, the uh, Yes Prep Academy, prep schools, these special schools for children, for students, school-age children to go to, but you have to excel They're going to push you really, really hard, and you have to excel. And some of them you have to qualify for because your grades have to be good enough. Your grades and your behavior have to be good enough. I think that should replace high schools. That should replace high school. Every student would get in. And those who feel that school is just not for them, whatever, they can be issued an IEP where their schooling will be paced for them at an acceptable rate, at a rate where they're comfortable and can achieve. Then your specialty, other specialty schools will be like um, the school for the performing arts. Those would be the only schools that you would have to apply to get into. There will be no public Schools as we know it, none. Because it just, public school system just presents too many problems. It's all, they're all poorly managed. And, you know, just, we're putting out students who don't even know how to read properly, make proper sentences. They, they don't even teach cursive writing. But on all these government forms, legal forms, you see, they ask for your signature. So do away with public schools. Close all the public schools. Close them all across the nation, across every public school in the USA, in, uh, on American territories. Close them all and replace them with prep schools. And also, I think it was Sweden... I found this out during the 2022 Winter Olympics. It's mandatory that for for graduation from high school, you have to serve one year in the military. I will make every student who is not disabled serve, who is not clinically disabled. And on uh, some type of government assistance like Social Security, Supplemental income. I would make each student serve for one year in the military. They can choose whichever service they want to serve in, but they have to serve for one year. And they would serve for one year, and they would get trained into a a skill. So when they 
get out, they will have a skilled labor that they know. And that's something that they can use to get a job or something they can fall back on later on in life. Instead of just putting out all these wayward kids who just don't know what the heck and going around, going around causing havoc, creating havoc. And you know what? For these lazy parents, for these parents that are on drugs and impoverished neighborhoods and don't take care of their kids, that would actually handle that problem. That would handle that problem. So let's see. And oh my God, this is not under 30 minutes and under. Oh my goodness. I have to do better next time. So let's see. Um, last topic is Jesse Smollett. I'm going to make this very, very brief. Um, everybody has their opinion on Jesse. Um, remember at the beginning when he was on Empire and this whole fiasco started and he, for a point in time there, he wasn't doing very well. So now that he's going to jail and, um, he told the judge, he told the courtroom that he is not suicidal and that he, uh, and I'll touch more on this next week, that, that he's not suicidal and that he, um, um, uh, that, that he's okay. He was on his way to the were taking him to jail. Um, people think that it's for, it's for publicity. He's showing off and all this kind of stuff. People have opinions. Nobody stated any fact. Nobody gave any consideration could, to, could he be suffering from a mental illness? Could he possibly be sincere so people who don't have facts just speak from the from their from the back of their head and they just sound really stupid really i was watching the isaiah factor and every person on that panel was stupid even the even the even the there was this one female was a doctor she just sounded ignorant because she didn't state any facts at all she just went from her opinion and from her religious christian opinion as uh, her pious opinion and judged him giving him no consideration for maybe for maybe he could be sincere and they were just really very harsh on somebody they don't know. They really don't know him. They're just getting paid to sit there and judge him. And that's really ugly. Because the black community is already divided. And to see that, and he's supposed to be, Isaiah is supposed to be bonding you know, trying to keep, you know, he talks about keeping the black community together and all that kind of stuff, but then he comes up with this BS. And now I'm looking at him like, you full of it. You full of BS yourself. I, I just wish that he had went about that whole discussion tonight 
in a totally different way. And so that ends this topic Friday, Fab, the Fabulous Five Friday. I'll figure it out which, which title I'm going to be using. But every Friday I'm coming to you with five topics that have been on my mind. That have been burning screen time in my brain. And we're going to discuss it. All right, so until next Friday, I will be making podcasts um, before each Friday. So a few times during the week, like maybe three times a week, maybe um, I'll be doing podcasts. So um, I'm trying to be more regular with this. So every Friday, you know, and then um, I'm going to try to keep myself on a schedule. So um, probably... Pretty sure Wednesdays I'm going to be making podcasts as well. Um, and I think I might be making Wednesdays um, uh, Let's Talk Mental Health for the supporters of those who support, for those who support their loved ones who have mental health issues. Because there's everything is out there for those with mental health, but nothing really is out there to help those who support those have mental health and that's why there's so many broken families is because people don't know how to deal and you know you can talk to a professional like a psychiatrist and stuff but there's nothing like talking to another person who lives through what you live through who does what you do on a daily or whatever basis someone like you so um, that's what we're going to be discussing on Wednesdays and then possibly one more day during the week. And whatever day I choose, that's, that day is going to be a constant awesome. This helps me stay current and keep coming back to you guys with fresh material and, um, instead, and not have large gaps in time. Um, so I will talk to you guys um, and until next time. Bye.